Romans chapter number six. Now look, I've taken a lot of time with announcements, but it has to be done. And uh, I'm, I'm, always in a, I'm always in a hurry up mode. And there's about three things I just remembered that I forgot. But, uh, but, but we're going to get into the word and I'll remember them tonight by the grace of God. But if you people don't know what's going on, they can't be part of it. And if you want to grow, those are the ways to grow. Romans 6 and 12, if you found it, say amen. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield, everybody say yield. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield, everybody say yield. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Isn't that a great promise? Isn't that an awesome promise? For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom you yield, everybody say yield, whom you yield yourselves servants to obey his Servants ye are, to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Read verse 16 with me. I speak after the manner of men, because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as ye have yielded, everybody say yielded, as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity. Even so now, yield your members, servants, to righteousness, unto holiness. Can anybody guess what the main word I'm focusing on? Yield. I want to preach to you this morning with the help of God. Your yield determines your yield. Your yield, look at somebody and tell them your yield will determine your yield. Lord, I ask you, God, for your anointing to be on me to preach. God, I feel it already. God, I feel the power of your spirit. I feel the burden of this message today. I ask you, Lord, to help me transmit to the ear of the hearer what your spirit has put in my heart and my mind to preach today. Lord, your word said that faith comes by hearing. And so, God, I pray that the hearer would receive faith from the preached word today. I ask you, Lord Jesus, for your presence to fill this place. It's not enticing words of men's wisdom, but it's by the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. God, the words that I have written by themselves have no power if you don't move here. 
Oh, Holy Ghost, have your way here, Lord. God, I pray that we would yield to your word and your spirit today. So we can get the yield of harvest that you have for our lives. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray, help me, God. I know, I know I need it. And I know, God, that you want to touch your people. So accomplish it by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, give the Lord a good hand clap of praise this morning as you're being seated in the presence of the Lord. Some people spend a lot of time planning life. They plan vacations, work schedules, hobbies, but they don't often really take the time to seriously look at how they obey and serve God. They don't leave a lot of areas of their life to chance, but for whatever reason, many people leave their relationship with God to chance and just hope it'll all work out. I recently read a story about a man who had fallen on hard times in life. And the hard times caused him to get desperate for God. And so he decided he needed guidance from the word of the Lord. And so he took his Bible out. And he decided that he would close his eyes and put his finger on a verse. And hope that that verse would reveal God's will. And so he took his Bible and he fanned the pages a few times. And he, he took his finger with his eyes closed and he touched the passage. And when he opened his eyes, he looked at the verse he had pointed to, and it was Matthew 27 and 5. Judas went and hanged himself. He thought, well, maybe I ought to try again. So he turned a few more pages, and he pointed to a verse. And when he did, it said, go thou and do likewise, Luke 10 and 37. He didn't like that one either, so he did it again, and he... He finally pointed to a scripture, and when he did, it was John 13, 27, what thou doest, do quickly. He closed his Bible. When you leave your life to chance, anything can happen. In a world where people are so often careful about many things, we must not forget to not be random in our spiritual life. The Apostle Paul is the author of the passage that we used this morning. He was writing to the church at Rome. This church at Rome was not made up of lifelong Jews who knew the word of God. These were not people who understood the God of the Bible, who had been raised to serve him from childhood. These were people who came from families with long traditions in idolatry and sinful living. They had no pattern of holiness to follow. They had not been taught from a child how to truly, biblically honor God and serve Him. Their traditions, habits, and instincts, their daily rituals were all connected to Roman lifestyles. And then they came to God and realized that they had to totally relearn how to live life. 
Rome was the dominant force of the world. Roman culture was focused on domination and control. Its legions and armies were extremely disciplined and focused on controlling and conquest of the world. But morally, Rome was given over to the lust of the flesh, to the desires of the flesh. The church was called to serve God in a culture that was opposed to the principles of God and spiritual living. God told His people, release control of worldly things and discipline your flesh and spirit. Rome said, dominate worldly things, but give yourself to the indulgence of the flesh. Two totally opposite viewpoints of life. The apostle is dealing with people in the Roman church who had been raised one way, but now they're trying to learn to live in a different way. And that's how it is in life today. People are raised in a worldly system. People are raised in an ungodly system. And then they come to God. And they have no real basis on how to serve God. I was raised in a Pentecostal church. I was raised from the time I was a baby to know about worship and prayer and serving God. But most of the people that we win in this generation have very little of a backbone of, 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 of foundation of godliness on which to base their new life. And so it's much like what Paul was dealing with in Rome. When they had been raised to live one way. And then God is convicting them to live in a totally different way. They were raised that living this way is okay. But God says don't live like that. Live like this. Don't think like that. Think like this. Don't do that. Do this. And so the church was called to live for God in a way that was opposite completely to the way that their culture was living. The apostle was trying to teach the church how to maintain a godly life in a wicked culture. He knew temptation will be everywhere. Pressure is going to be great. He knew it would be difficult to keep themselves holy and godly and spiritual in a Roman world. He also knew that just because it was going to be difficult didn't mean that they got a pass on living for God. Paul knew that they needed to be taught how to control their flesh and walk in the Spirit. He knew that if they didn't learn those basic principles, that they were never going to really grow and become what God wanted them to be. And so Paul did not give them a pass on living godly in a Roman world. He just said, I know it's going to be hard. I know it's going to be different for you. And I know it's going to be difficult. But the calling of God is greater than the pressure 
of this world. And so he begins to tell the church how to live godly in a Roman world. Can I tell you, I know that 2022 and beyond is going to be hard to maintain a godly life and to raise godly children. When we put our children in the school systems and they tell them that every kind of lifestyle is okay and acceptable and they come to church and they hear the word of God that says a holy life should be lived. It's hard to raise children in a culture like that. But just because it's hard doesn't mean we get a pass. Oh, hallelujah. God, help me to preach my heart this morning. Let's look at our text, Romans 6 and 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Roman culture said, if you want it, do it. If you can get it, get it. If you think about it, then you can have it. But God tells Paul, tell the church, That that's not the way the church lives. You cannot let sin therefore reign in your mortal body. That you should obey the lesser. You've got to learn to tell yourself no. You've got to learn to live a life that is separated from the culture of the world that you're surrounded by. You do not get to live like the world lives. You do not get to, you live in Rome, but you don't get to live like Rome. You're surrounded by Romans, but you're not a Roman anymore. You're a citizen of heaven. And so you've got to learn. Oh, hallelujah. Let not, the very first verse, the very first verse, the very first lines in the literal Greek here says, in in the literal, it says, let therefore... He said, I'm sorry, not therefore let sin reign. That's the literal rendering of the Greek. Not let sin reign. Don't allow sin to reign in your life. The word reign means to rule or to be the king. To exercise kingly power. Don't let sin be the king of your life brothers and sisters this is a battle for dominion of your life between heaven and hell between God and Satan between holiness and sin and he said do not let sin exercise kingly power over your life you are not in subjection to sin You do not owe sin your time, your heart, your money, your energy, your emotions. You do not owe this world anything. You don't let sin be the king of your life. Don't let sin tell you how to live, where to go, what to wear, how to act, what to say, what to watch, what to listen to. You got to cut, you got to cut the dominion of sin out of your life. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Not let sin reign to exercise kingly power. It is a battle for dominion over your life. But the end game is not your life. The end game is your eternity. 
The devil understands that life is a vapor. He understands that life is short. He doesn't just want your life. He wants your eternity. He doesn't just want the little bit of eternity that you're walking on this earth. He wants your life down here because he wants your eternity on the other side. But he knows the way to your eternity is through your daily life. So Paul says, you can't let sin be the king of your daily life. Praise God. I don't know if I'm teaching a Bible study or preaching. I might be doing both. But the devil is trying to get your daily life so that he can get your eternity. This is not about when you go out tomorrow and you go out into the world, whether it's work or school or wherever. It's not about you enjoying your day at school or at work or in the world. It's about your eternity. The devil is trying to manipulate your life so he can get your eternity because he knows the only way he can become the king of your eternity is for you to let him be the king of your daily life, your decisions, your actions, your thoughts, your desires. So Paul begins by telling them that you are in control of your daily life. Amen. No matter how out of control it feels, you have the, you have the option of telling sin, you're not going to be the king of my Monday. You are not going to be the king of me today. You're not going to make me give in to the lust of the flesh, the temptations, the lust of the eye. You are not going to rule my life today. He said, you got to not let sin reign. Don't give sin the kingship. You don't have to smoke that cigarette. Tell yourself no. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. You don't have to let drugs control your life. You got to tell yourself no. You don't have to live like the world and do what the world does. Don't let sin be the king of your life. At some point, he said, don't let it happen anymore. At some point, you've got to take control of your daily living. You can't blame the devil. You can't blame your raisin. You can't blame your parents. You can't blame your ex-husband. You can't blame this or that. At some point, you got to stand up and take control of your day and say, I will not let sin be the king of my day. Let not sin reign in your mortal body. You can't let sin control your body. That's why the misinterpretation of the verse that says that God, that man looks on the outward, but God looks on the heart. And carnal people misinterpret that verse to say it doesn't matter what you do on the outside. It only matters what's in your heart. Paul said, no, you can't let sin reign in your mortal body. You can't let sin have control of your body. He's reminding them that what you let rule your natural self will rule your spiritual self also. Praise God. Man, I'm doing some good preaching right now. I hate to pat myself on the back, but I should be getting a lot more amens right now. At some point, you got to tell yourself, I'm not giving in to sin anymore. I've drawn a line and it's over. Now notice the terminology he uses, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. He said, don't let sin reign in your body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. 
You are always obeying something. You choose who you obey. Either God or Satan. You are always yielding to something. Either the Spirit of God or the Spirit of this world. You are always worshiping something. Your life either glorifies God or it glorifies Satan. Praise God. You have to make the decision who you align yourself with. He said, don't obey sin in the lust thereof. The word lust doesn't only mean sexual lust. It means a longing for what's forbidden. I think we all have been there before, haven't we? We've all wanted something that we knew wasn't good for our spiritual self. It means desire or craving, a longing. It comes from a root word that means to set our heart upon something. This verse leads us to a few immediate conclusions. First of all, there's a battle for dominion over your life. Secondly, you have a choice. And third, you have to resist the desires of your flesh. And until you truly settle the issues, you're going to always be in torment. You have to obey God long enough that your flesh and human spirit come into subjection to Him. Praise God. One of the worst things you can do in parenting is be inconsistent. To tell your child no one time and then an hour later let them do it because you're tired of hearing them whine. You do that, you are creating a monster. Just going to let that one sit there for a minute. Got to be consistent. And we don't punish our children because they embarrass us or make us mad. We correct them for bad behavior. And the kids can tell the difference. Praise God. I have to tell my flesh consistently no long enough. Until it understands I'm not going to get that. I have to discipline myself enough. That when I, on Monday I tell myself no because I'm still on my high from Sunday night. But by Thursday, my flesh knows if it just sticks it out a little bit more, I'll give in to it. I've got to treat my flesh like a child and be consistent with it to the point that my human spirit understands I'm in subjection to God. Why are you preaching like this, Pastor? I'm preaching like this because I see a lot of people that have come to certain points in their walk with God and they've hit roadblocks. And they've been stalled, some for days, some for weeks, some for months, and some for years. And dare I say, some for decades. And it's not the will of God that we be stuck forever. Amen. God wants us to grow in grace and knowledge of Him. But the only way we're going to press through those barriers is if we learn that we've got to yield to God. If we want to yield in the Spirit the things we want to see. Your yield 
determines your yield. Amen. I got to hurry. Dear Lord, I'm 24 minutes and two seconds in, but that counts the prayer, so I'm taking four minutes off of that. Romans 6.13, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. That's a powerful verse. He says, don't yield, don't submit yourself, don't give yourself over. The word yield means to offer yourself to. It means to stand beside. You know how it is, like, like, in the old, like, like on the playground when you're picking sides, and, and you choose whoever you stand beside, that's whose side you're on. I remember when, and, and I'm going to get in trouble for this one, Ellie, so just get ready. When she was about five years old and she was in kindergarten, there was, there was, a, there was a little girl, and, uh, and the little girl ate her spaghetti. And, and Ellie wanted more spaghetti. And it turned into a gang fight. At recess, there were the girls on this side and the girls on that side. And you know, I never believed Ellie, to be honest with you. When she said that, I thought she just wanted more spaghetti. I thought she made up, and then a few years later, the girl that ate her spaghetti admitted to it. <laughs> Tell the truth, stay in the church. But they, you know, the little girl's picking sides, and, they, and, and these go stand by this girl, and these go stand by this girl. The word yield literally means to stand beside. When you're yielding, what you're doing is you're saying, I'm with him. Or I'm with him. It's standing beside and it's giving yourself over to that person. He said, don't yield yourselves as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Don't give yourself to unrighteousness. He said, your members, that's your body, your hands, your feet, your mouth, your body, yourself. He said, don't give yourselves as instruments. You know what they do with these stuff? These are instruments. I don't know how to do any of them. I always thought I could clap, but they tell me I can't even do that anymore. This is an instrument. This is an instrument that has to be played. He said, don't yield yourself as an instrument to unrighteousness. When you sin, what you're doing is putting yourself in the devil's hands and said, play me. Your members, that's, am, I, am I preaching? He said, don't yield your members, your body, to instruments of unrighteousness. When you sin, what you're saying is, devil, here's my body. Play me. Devil, this is your mouth. Put a cigarette in it. These are your veins. Put drugs in them. This is your body. Let me do whatever I want. Oh, it's quiet up in here, but I'm preaching the word of God to you. He said, you can't yield yourselves as members as instruments to unrighteousness. Don't give your... See, we don't think of that when we sin. We think when we sin, it's just a moment of weakness. But we have to understand that this is a cosmic battle for dominion over your life. Paul said, when you yield yourself to sin, what you're doing is you're putting yourself in the devil's hands. But yield yourselves unto God. Brothers and sisters, you have a choice in how you live your life. You have a choice in what you do this week. You do not have to let the devil manipulate your life. you got to make the decision. I'm yielding myself to God. Yield 
your members as instruments of righteousness to God. So with every decision I make, I'm either being, I'm yielding to God or I'm yielding to the devil. I'm either saying, okay, Satan, take my life today. Do what you want with it. Or I'm saying, God, take my life today. Do what you want. You are always yielding. You are always yielding. Every decision I make is yielding one way or the other. Paul said, don't yield your members, your body as instruments of unrighteousness, but let your body be an instrument of righteousness unto God. Don't present yourself to the devil and say, do what you want with me. Present yourself to God and say, God, do what you want with me. Don't offer your body to be used as an instrument of unrighteousness. But God, I'm not yielding myself to sin anymore. I'm going to yield myself to you. You're always yielding with every decision that you make. You decide what you'll yield to, but you're always yielding. Every decision is a yield. Everything you do in life is a yield. Every part of your life is a yield to one side or the other. There is no neutral ground. Paul left no room for indecision. You're yielding to one or the other. No decision is a decision. You've made up your mind. God, I'm not yielding to you. Everybody say praise the Lord. Romans 6 and 16. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey... His servants ye are. Whoever I yield myself to is my master. Whoever I yield myself to is my master. Whoever I yield myself to is my master. God's not my master if I'm yielding myself to sin. God's not my master if I'm yielding myself to worldliness. Whoever you yield to That's your master. You are the servant of whoever. Oh, God. Amen. I guess I should have brought a lollipop this morning and just given spiritual candy to everybody and said, here, eat this. It'll be okay. Everything's all right. That's what this world, that's what modern so-called Christianity is doing to this world. It's saying, here, just eat this. Everything's okay. But the Bible said, no, you're living in a Roman world, but you don't have the right to live a Roman lifestyle. You have to learn to yield everything. Everybody say, everything is a yield. You're always worshiping. My life's either giving glory to God or it's giving glory to the devil. I'm always worshiping. I'm always yielding. Yield has two meanings in Scripture. Yield, as we've already illustrated, means to submit to or stand beside, to present yourself, to offer. But yield also means to bear or to bring forth fruit. It means to produce a harvest or to bring a return. Yield refers to your harvest. The Bible said the field shall yield its fruit. Your yield is what you receive from the seeds that you sow. If you sow corn, you harvest corn, right? 
If you sow beans, you harvest air freshener. If you sow wheat, if you guys only knew. If you sow wheat, you harvest. Your yield is what you receive as your harvest. That's why I titled this message, Your Yield Determines Your Yield. What you yield yourself to will determine what you harvest in your life. Your harvest is determined by what you yield to. Listen, changing your whole life in one moment is unrealistic. You're still going to have battles, temptations, troubles. But you can change the direction of your life in one moment. You can make your decision today to yield yourself to God. And you can begin to reap a harvest from that decision. Your yield will determine your yield. If you yield to God, you'll reap the good things of God. If you yield to the devil, you'll reap corruption from the devil. If you yield your worship to God, you'll reap the blessings of God. But if you yield yourself to sin, you'll yield the heartache and the brokenness of sin. Your yield determines your yield. Lord Jesus, help me. 2 Chronicles 30 and 8. Bishop, am I doing okay? I'm not you. Pray for me. Or come take over. Second Chronicles 30 and 8. Now be ye not stiff-necked. As your fathers were. But yield yourselves unto the Lord. God told him, he said, look, your, your, your fathers were stubborn. Once they set their direction, they refused to turn their neck. They were stiff-necked. It, 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 it's, a, it's a term from plowing when you've got an ox that's stubborn. And it's going its direction. And the only way to turn the plow is to turn the neck of the ox. And they would pull the rein and they would turn the neck of the ox. And when the ox's neck would turn, they would begin to go a different direction. But if that ox was stubborn and was stiff-necked, then they couldn't turn it and they would go its own direction. And it would get out of line and it would ruin the harvest. He said, you can't be stiff-necked like your fathers. They wouldn't change. They wouldn't turn. They wouldn't go a different direction. They did not learn. The ox didn't learn how to yield to the master. And because the ox didn't learn how to yield to the master, the harvest was lost. So I needed an ox that would learn how to yield to the direction of the master so we can reap the harvest. He said, don't be stiff-necked like your fathers were, but yield yourselves to the Lord. Let God change your direction. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Somebody can change their direction today. Somebody's direction in life can change today. Don't be stubborn. Don't keep living a life that brings you nothing but heartache and pain and misery. Don't keep living a life that brings you nothing but brokenness and broken dreams and shattered hearts. Change your direction. 
Yield yourselves unto the Lord. Don't resist God. Don't keep forcing yourself to live a life of conflict based on sin. Don't keep your neck aimed in a direction that's destructive to your harvest. But yield yourself to the Lord. Now, this modern world, if you're, if, look, this modern world's not going to like what I'm getting ready to preach, okay? But it's still in the Bible. Throw that verse back up there for me. Yield yourselves unto the Lord and enter into his sanctuary. One of the ways you yield to God is by coming to the house of God. You can't say you're yielded to God and not enter into his sanctuary. Well, I get what I need from home. No, you don't. I don't need the church. Yes, you do. Nature's my church. No, it's not. That's all rubbish excuses created by the devil to appeal to a carnal heart. The Bible said yield to God and enter his sanctuary. You can't be yielded to God if you're not faithful to the house of God. And the more you come to the house of God, the more it reveals you're yielded to him. Oh, amen. Amen. Don't tell me you're yielded to God and not be faithful to the house of God. He said, yield to the Lord and enter his sanctuary. I love the church. I love coming to church. I love coming to church. I love coming to the house of God. Amen. Because I don't come to the house of God for people. I come to the house of God for God. I've gone to churches where I knew people didn't like me, but I still came and worshiped God. Because I want to yield to him. And I can't yield to him if I don't enter into his sanctuary. One of the, look, all of our new people. I'm going to preach to you for a minute. But I'm really just, I'm, I'm really sort of using you to preach to everybody else too, okay? But if you really want to live for God and you really want your life to change. You need to be at church as much as you possibly can be. Because it's a sign of yielding. Praise God. It's a sign of yielding to God. It's what he said, isn't it? Now be ye not stiff-necked as your furthers were, but yield yourselves unto the Lord and enter into his sanctuary. The best thing that you'll learn in living for God is to be faithful to the house of God. If you'll be faithful to the house of God, you can overcome anything the devil throws at you. You can overcome addiction, just keep coming. You can overcome marriage trouble, just keep coming. You can overcome discouragement, depression, anxiety, if you'll just keep coming. You can overcome anything the devil throws at you, but you got to keep coming. Because yielding to God is shown by yielding to his sanctuary. I've seen people, Brother Wilson, that came to God, and when I heard their life story, I thought, man, how in the world can they ever overcome that? They've got so much brokenness and circumstances and things against them in life. So many troubles and trials and hurts and so many things that's happened. But I've watched them just keep coming to church and keep coming to church. And step by step, God begins to repair their life. And they come out the other side and they did it because they yielded to God by coming to his sanctuary. Amen. Why do you think we have church tonight? Because we need church tonight. i got to yield to the Spirit. Praise God. I'm preaching to some of you Sunday morning only folks right now. 
If you really want to get past the hump and grow in God, you got to come to more church services. Don't be stubborn. Don't say, well, I'm okay. Like, no, you got to let the master change the direction. Don't be stiff-necked. Yield to God and come to church. Amen. That's good preaching right there. I'm t- if you'll do that, you'll overcome. If you'll do that, you'll get your life together. It's not going to be perfect. It may take some time. But if you do that, your life's direction will change. There's no way I'm getting through. Which he hath sanctified forever. As long as the church is in the world, God has decided the church is holy. Amen. Forever. The Lord doesn't come back for a thousand years, you'll still need to come to church, especially if you're that old. He said, yield yourselves to the Lord and enter into his sanctuary, which he has sanctified forever, and serve the Lord your God. You yield by coming to church and by serving the Lord. That the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. Your yield determines your yield. You decide what you want out of life. And then how you, whoever you yield to will give you that. Romans 6.19, back to Paul. This might be where I stop. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. He says, I understand what it's like to be human. I'm speaking like a man because I understand the weakness of flesh. For as you have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity. He said, I, I understand you've given your life to stuff you shouldn't give your life to. He said, look, I'm a man, I understand the weakness of the flesh. I know you've messed up. You've yielded your members to uncleanness, to sin. I understand that. So just throw in the towel, give up. You can't make it. No, that's not what he said. He said, I know you've messed up. I know you've yielded yourself to uncleanness. He said, even so, now. You can't go back and undo what you did. You can't go back and change what you did. You can't go back and undrink it, smoke it, shoot it, do it, watch it, listen to it, act like it, say it. He said, but you can change now. Even so, now. Start right now. And yield your, don't let yesterday's fail you, failure keep you in the pit. Don't let yesterday's mess up keep you in bondage. Even so now, right now, just yield. Just yield as a servant to righteousness. Start now living for God. Start now living for God. Start now getting your life together. I wish somebody would raise their hands to heaven. God, I want to yield myself to you. Even so now, 
Yield your members, servants, to righteousness, unto holiness. Your yield determines your yield. If you'll learn how to yield to God, He'll make you holy. Your yield. Look at somebody and tell them your yield determines your yield. sat back down. You must want me to keep. I was done. I wasn't done. I was halfway through my notes, but I was going to stop. But y'all sat back down. Paul said, it's hard to kick against the pricks. He was talking about that stubborn ox. The prick was a long stick with a point. It was called a prick because they used it to prick the hindquarter of that animal to get it to change its direction. If it was stubborn and wouldn't go the direction of the rain and it was stiff-necked, they would take that, that, that stick and they would prick it in the hindquarter. They would jab it because their stubbornness brought pain. And the hope of the master was that the pain would change their direction. But if they were really stubborn, instead of yielding and changing direction, they would kick against the prick. And then when they would, would jab that stick, they would kick against it and it would go deeper and it would cause more of a wound. And Paul said it's hard to kick against the prick. It's hard to kick against the direction that God's trying to, to move you. And because they would not yield, it brought pain. Paul said it's hard to live that kind of life. So your eyes are closed all over this place. It's hard to go against the leading of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost this morning is trying to get somebody to yield. In a few moments, this altar is going to be opened. And you're going to be faced with a decision. And whichever decision you make, you are yielding one way or the other. Every decision is a yield. And your yield will determine your yield. Your harvest in life, what you reap in life, is determined by what you yield yourself to. God, I ask you, Lord, for your spirit to do something here right now in somebody's life. God, the burdens and the heartache that are the yield of rebellion against your word. The trouble, the brokenness, the emptiness.
that results from yielding ourselves to sin. And God, there's people that have repeated it week after week. I pray, God, that whoever I'm preaching to won't be too stubborn today to be willing to let you change their direction. God, that we would yield ourselves to the Spirit and allow you to change the harvest that's coming our way. Do I have any intercessors that are going to help me pray right now? Come on, the whole house is a prayer room. We got a minute here. Don't don't worry. I understand what time it is. But you're getting ready to be faced again with the opportunity to yield one way or the other. But your yield will determine your yield, your harvest. Well, let's pray some more. There's some people in the valley of decision right now. There's some people that God's dealing with your heart. If I know what I feel in the Holy Ghost right now, there's some people that are contemplating eternal decisions. That one yield to God will change their direction in life forever. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Holy Ghost. Come on, can anybody else feel the eternal weight of what I'm feeling right now? Lord, I pray, God, give somebody the courage to yield to you. To understand the pattern of life's decisions and what it's, what it's caused in a harvest. The yield of rebellion, the yield of sin, the yield of stubbornness, the yield of turning from you, the yield of not submitting to you, the yield of years of being stubborn against the leading of your spirit. But God, that moment today, yield now, but now yield yourselves. That God, that all that time that the devil's been able to, to, to use them as instruments of unrighteousness, that one decision in one moment to yield to you can change eternal destinies. God, I'm asking the Spirit of the Lord, I'm asking for your presence to move in this place right now. God, do what my words can't do. God, do what my sermon writing can't do. God, do by the Holy Ghost what all my talking and convincing can't do. Do something by the Holy Ghost. Oh, God, all over this place, come on, let's talk to God. God, if you're talking to me, then help me to, be, to make the decision to yield your yield will determine your yield. Oh, Holy Ghost, I pray, God, speak to somebody. Do it, Lord Jesus. We're getting ready to stand in just a moment. And when we do, I want you to throw your hands to heaven. And I want you to say, God, I want you to help me to make the right yield right now. Come on, let's stand right now and let's ask God to help 
us to yield to the right things. Somebody, somebody needs to come to this altar right now. Somebody needs to come to the altar right now. Your yield will determine your yield. If there's anything in your life you need to bring to the altar, you ought to bring it right now. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Your yield will determine your yield. God, I need you to help me. Come on, help me pray. There ought to be a move of the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to be baptized in Jesus' name today. Somebody ought to be filled with the Holy Ghost or refilled with the Holy Ghost. It's life change Sunday. It's life change moment. It's life change time. Oh, that's right. Come on, lift your voice and talk to God right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Your yield will determine your yield. Look around, pray with somebody. Somebody might need you to help them right now. Help them touch heaven and touch God. God, I yield my mind. I yield my spirit. I yield my heart. God, I yield myself to you. Change my harvest. God, change my harvest. God, change my direction. Help me to yield myself to you, Lord. Oh, Holy Ghost, have your way. Oh, that's right. Lord, have your way. God, have your way. God, have your way. Directions can change right now. Come on, you ought to be praying, either for yourself or for somebody else. Lord, in Jesus' name.
same things over and over and over. You can't seem to move forward in your walk with God. He was preaching to you this morning. You're yielding your things to worldliness. You're yielding your, your members to carnality. And carnality and the spirit of God do not go together. You're either going to follow the one or the other. That being said, I'm thankful again for a pastor who'll just tell it like we need to hear it. Amen. We all needed to hear this. Can we give him a big hand clap of praise? The Lord knows what we needed this morning. Amen. Amen. Let's remember we have church tonight at 630. Uh, 6 o'clock prayer. Come prepare for God's going to do a mighty thing. I can feel it in my spirit. Let's remember immediately after the service tonight, the women are having a a fundraiser, a spaghetti dinner for $5 a piece. So let's come and support that. And you're dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus.